Yenacast, 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 Welcome to this episode of Sienna Cast. My name is Donna Lachlan, Deputy Principal of Learning and Teaching, and today I am joined by Michael Petrie, Head of Senior Pathways. Hello, everyone. Today is a very special day. We've just had our VCE Assembly, and we are joined with two very special guests to talk about their travels throughout Year 12. We have Bridie Warren. Hello. Our Ducks of 2022, and Alicia Molay, our Proximate Assessor. Hi. So this will just be a conversation around the things that worked for both Bridie and Alicia throughout the year. Um, their ups and downs, hopefully they'll share some truths all along the way. But no doubt we will also explore the different successes that they have had as well. I might throw over to Mr Petrie for the very first question. So Bridie, you might want to start, if that's okay. Yep. What were the key elements for you getting organised uh, when you first started, what, this time last year? I think for me it was definitely maximising the free time that I had. So obviously on the summer holidays I wasn't super busy and so I made sure I spent a lot of my time getting the holiday homework done. That was definitely a big thing for me. And then moving into the first term as well when I didn't really have many sacks on was sort of creating course outlines and sack schedules using Sienna Central and putting that all into one place that I could then sort of refer to whenever I had time to do some extra work. And so to what extent even at that early stage were you aware of having to strike a balance between you know work and play so to speak? I think I figured since it was the first term I didn't want to go hard too fast because I'd probably burn out but I think I just at the times when I was feeling more motivated than usual I would maybe do a bit of extra work try and get ahead on some classwork and then in the times when I wasn't as productive, that's when I would probably be doing something other than schoolwork, like sport or, you know, hanging out with friends. That's a really good tip to get organised straight away before the workload starts up. Um, and I really like the way that you said that you refer to all the different things that are on Sienna Central, the course outlines, the SAC calendar, but that you made your own version that spoke to you and meant something to you. Alicia, can we just ask what you did to get organised at the start of last year? Well, for me, it was a bit similar to Bridie, but I really focused on my time management. And so I really used Google Calendar. It was my holy grail from the start of the year. So I actually knew really far in advance that I was going to have to go to three weddings that were around exam time from the start of the year. So I really like had to organize from like the start of the year like how I was going to organise like my, when I was going to start studying for exams and just like getting in that habit of like working out how much studying I was going to do after school as well as like balancing dance. Um, you've just raised a really important thing around how much study to do after school. It's probably an area that a lot of students um, are a little bit concerned by. We talk about the fact that in Year 12 you should be doing three hours of study a night. And when we first started um, with the current Year 12s, you know, there were a couple of groans of, oh my gosh, I can't believe that that's how much we need to do. Can I just ask what that three hours looked like for both of you at the start of the year? Um, and, and how you worked through that. Both of you have talked about being organised um, and I guess how you manage that time on a daily basis. Bridie, if I get you to yep. go first. Um, 
I think for me, I managed to stay pretty consistent throughout the year, but I found on a normal day, you know, I'd get home and maybe have like a half an hour to an hour long break. And I'd say I'd start work by 5 p.m. at the latest. And usually I would do my sort of smaller homework tasks first, which would generally take me anywhere from an hour to say an hour and a half. And then I would have dinner, maybe have a shower, and after that do like another one and a half, two hours of more general study for SACs or exams if it was later on in the year. Um, and so generally that would add up to about three or four hours, but depending on how busy I was, could be like maybe closer to five as well. So. Mm. And Alicia, just before you answer, I'm just going to ask you, Bridie, how did you keep that rotation of the five different subjects going? Because we talk a lot about the fact that, it ha you know, your workload has to be spread across all five areas. Um, they all are just as important as, e as each other. So what did you do to keep that balance between all five? Um, I mean, I generally try to work on at least two or three subjects a night, but I think I would have a weekly schedule. And so depending on what sacks I had coming up or what work was due in class, then those would be the subjects I would prioritise. Um, and so, yeah, generally I found that the kind of more subjects like maths I would end up doing more often because it was more consistent classwork, whereas for something like English, it's kind of like you know, I would spend like a good chunk, maybe every couple of days writing an essay, which wasn't as consistent. Thank you. Alicia, you? For me, I am the type of person who just like tries to get my schoolwork done like as soon as possible. So when I would get home after school, I would just like have a snack, like a 10 minute break. And then I would try and get as much homework done as possible before dinner then I'd have my dinner, obviously, and then I would do a bit of studying. It depended, like, what my SAC schedule was like at the time, like, whether I was doing more homework or more studying, but I would do about an hour or two of studying after dinner, and then I'd give myself the rest of the night off and make sure that I was in bed at by 10 at least. And just with that, to what extent did you have a study timetable, either of you? And to what extent, you know, would you say it worked? Um, for you, me... You said a schedule. You said you had a yeah, schedule. Yeah, I had... I used a app called Notion, and so I had, like, a weekly schedule, and then I also made little course outlines for each of my subjects. And so I would generally have each day, you know, what chapters I wanted to get done what practice acts I wanted to do and I would tick it off as I went and usually I was able to stick to it pretty well but I did tend to give myself sort of like I would try to do things in advance so that if I didn't get to it I could kind of push it forward too. Yeah. What was the app? Notion. Notion? Yeah. Okay. Alicia? Um, I had a like to-do list that I would sort of make the start of the week and I would alter it depending on like changes in sacks. Yeah. And I would prioritize like which sacks were coming up or what I needed to work on more. And then yeah, I would just take it off as I completed my tasks. Yeah. All right, so while we're still sort of relatively at the start of the year, um, goals. What sort of goal did you set yourself? Um, I didn't really have like a numerical goal for my ATAR, yeah. but in saying that I did aim for an above 90 because 
I knew that, like, I would be disappointed if I didn't get below that. But in saying that, I really did just want to finish year 12 being able to look back and say that I tried my best and I didn't regret, like, not trying harder or not using my time better. Okay. Um, For me, I definitely did have some kind of numerical goal. I think it was just aiming for a score that would be able to get me into the course I wanted to do which was around a 95, but I think kind of what Alicia said, more importantly, I did just want to be able to finish the year off and be happy knowing that I did everything I could. In a way, I think that wasn't overly stressful. That was a big thing for me, was trying to just get through year 12 without, you know, overworking myself. And with, did you have personal goals as well in terms of like well-being and health? So for example, to what extent might nutrition or sleep have come into, you know, goals or aims that you a balance that you wanted to strike uh, for me i tried to go to bed like be in bed by 10 because i tried to aim for between seven to eight hours of sleep which night like from the start of the year and i would say i was pretty consistent with it because i noticed at the end of year 11 because i did psych accelerated that I did not prioritise my sleep well enough and I was noticing that I was more tired during the day. Yeah, I was definitely the same as Alicia, I did psych as well and so learning about sleep the year before definitely made me realise that I wasn't getting enough. So yeah, I would aim to go to sleep by 10 or 11 and I think for me, in terms of well-being, kind of almost having to be disciplined and force myself to move away from my desk and just do something that wasn't homework was like a big goal for me because sometimes I could get very just sucked into my work. So, right, so for, the, for the girls listening, um, I know you can apply and speak about what happened for you, but what advice would you have for girls about goals in general and how to, how to follow them and keep them? So I would say for students to be self-disciplined in that they balance their own self-care and their own well-being as well as focusing on their schoolwork and their upcoming SACs and exams. Okay. Yeah. I think I would say to sort of break up your goals, I think it's one thing to sort of have maybe a number or something that you're aiming for at the end of the year, but I think it's definitely important to sort of section that off along the way because obviously year 12 is a long year and there's a lot of work that goes into it so I think it's important to kind of be like you know at this point during the year I want to have this done or maybe I'll start this task at a given time and I think looking at it from different sort of aspects like not just saying I need to get these scores in my subjects it's also like I need to be taking care of myself and giving myself this much time to relax because otherwise if you're not kind of addressing all the different areas it makes it hard to like achieve the big goal at the end. Great can we move now into the classroom okay so both of you have done amazingly well and listening to you talk about the fact that you didn't have a necessary figure that you wanted but you have absolutely blown it out of the water. So in the classroom you can control a lot of things outside of the classroom but in the classroom you've got other people within there you've got teachers you've got new content that you don't know, that can make you feel quite uncomfortable as you're trying to get through there. Setting yourselves up 
and I guess getting going and building momentum. We'll talk a minute about how you keep it going, but just getting going at the start. What were the tips and things that you have to say to um, our current students about how they can set themselves up right in the classroom? What are the things that you did? Um, I think for me, one big thing that really helped was sort of definitely looking at the class outline before each class and pre-reading any content that was going to be covered. I think that definitely helped me to feel a lot more comfortable when it was being taught by the teacher. And when you're sort of hearing something for the second or third time, it sort of helps you to, I guess, process it a bit easier and then be able to go to the teacher and ask more detailed questions instead of just kind of sitting there being like, I'm not really sure what's going on. Mm. It's probably, that was one of the big things for me. Mm -hmm. Alicia, anything for you? I would say to use your teachers more because they're, they're there to help you. So honestly, I think I could have gone to my teachers more to ask questions when I was unsure of something, like more proactively rather than waiting closer to a sack. So then I could like clarify content earlier. Just before I ask you my next question, you've just brought up about sex. Tell me about the value of doing um, a practice sack or practice sacks and getting feedback. What's the value there? What did you find? For me, I was someone who did a lot of practice sacks before each sack. I, like way more than like looking at notes or writing notes. I just always found that that helped me consolidate content and like apply it way more efficiently um i would do about depending on the subject i would do at least five practice sacks and whenever i got them like a question wrong i would really go through the answers and like make sure i understand where i went wrong and I would like, go to my teacher. So going to your teacher, did you use a VCAR assessor reports or anything? Yes, like especially when studying for exams. Mm -hmm. You know, it's really interesting. A lot of students think that taking lots and lots of notes and just rewriting out their notes is actually study. Um, it's an interesting thing to get that mind shift because what you've just said, Alicia, the actual practice of applying the knowledge to a specific question and then seeing where the gaps are, um, that's actually the learning and that's how you're actually testing what you know before you actually go into the actual sack. Bridie, do you have anything to add to that? Um, honestly, not really. I think I was pretty much the same mm -hmm. as Alicia. So. Mm -hmm. As you know, Mr Petrie and myself are both English teachers. Bridie, um, you were in my class and Alicia, unfortunately, you, were, you had the pleasure of Mr Petrie's <laughs> class. Um, English is sometimes a subject that people don't know how to study for. Okay, content-based subject, it's really easy. You've got your dot point, you do your summaries, you do your practice questions from the exam. Both of you have blown it out of the water with English. What are the things that you were doing throughout the year um, that helped you to study for English? Um, for me personally, I actually had a really hard time struggling for English because I found just the idea of writing practice essays to be, I think, a bit draining sometimes compared to my other subjects. I definitely was very disciplined in the sense that I would aim to do at least maybe five practice essays before a sack. Um, and if I found that I really just couldn't get anything down on the paper, then I would go to my theme charts and quote charts and just sort of almost 
look at like a topic, unpack it and kind of write sentence stems or dot points of what I would write in an essay, just not kind of fleshing it out. So. Thank you. Alicia? I also made it a priority to try and write round five practice essays per sack. Um, in terms of studying for English, I would also really find reading samples from past years helpful, just like seeing how they would go about like integrating quotes or just their vocabulary. And I would always just like steal little phrases and stuff. And it, I think it really helped me to just improve my own writing. Yeah. yeah. The stealing of different phrases and so on that have worked um, whether it be from past student work or other critical readings that are out there, um, you know, that's an important thing to incorporate within that. Um, just before I hand over um, to Mr Petrie, just one more thing around uh, feedback and taking on feedback. Um, Alicia, you spoke about going and speaking to the teacher, but, you know, teachers write a lot of feedback on student work. And if I think about us as um, English teachers for practice essays, you know, we highlight things all around or we note things all around. What's the best way to take on that feedback and to improve for the next practice piece that you're doing? What did what worked for you? I would just look at their more like constructive criticism in the feedback. Just try like look like reread through my own practice essays, like really understand where the teacher's coming from and try to like adapt that into like writing my next essay mm -hmm. yeah writing yeah I think for me I definitely had to remind myself a couple times that it wasn't like a personal thing and it was just you know the teachers were only there to help me improve and so I found just reading over the feedback a couple times first and really trying to understand what the teachers were asking me to do and then generally if it was like a short answer response or a part of my essay I would go and rewrite that and maybe kind of take a note down of something that I needed to improve on if I kept making the same mistake. And sometimes that's a part of the frustration because even after redoing it and I'm looking at you now because I know that there were some of those frustrations um, in English but even if we're redoing it and it doesn't quite hit the mark again you know and you've got to take that feedback on again and probably it's then and I think Alicia you referenced it probably then a good time to come and have a conversation with the teacher after yep. class and just say okay look I've tried this again it doesn't make sense to me because sometimes even if we write the comments it's actually having the conversation that helps it to come alive. All right, so moving into the year a little bit more and momentum, what did you do um, to maintain momentum and application, perhaps especially when there was a whole clump of sacks at one time? How do you maintain that consistency, etc.? Again, for me, that was just like self-discipline. And also, I had to constantly remind myself that if I just like pushed through and just like got the work done then like once it'd be over I knew I would be so much more relaxed like after I completed like a clump of sacks and like throughout the year I would remind myself like after I finish year 12 and I finish these exams like I'll have a nice long break and it's like all the hard work I knew would be worth it so I just had to like keep reminding myself. And are you having that nice long break now? Yes. <laughs> Good. Yeah, I definitely agree with Alicia. I think I was pretty lucky last year in that I didn't have 
two sort of, I guess, clustered of a sack timetable. Um, but I found that sort of, obviously having a schedule helped me to kind of keep my head where it needed to be and not like worry about things that were irrelevant. Um, but one thing that I found definitely helped me was the times that I was feeling extra motivated. I think I said this before, that's when I would really put in a lot of work into my sack preparation and stuff. And so on the days that I was feeling a bit tired, I could kind of do some lighter revision, like maybe just that's when I would go over my notes. But at times that I had a bit more energy that I would be doing proper practice sacks and stuff. Thanks very much, both of you. Um, Bridie, you referenced in your speech about support and that really going through all of Year 12, and let's face it, um, we can't do anything successfully on our own, whether that be support um, through teaching staff, as, you, as you've already mentioned, um, support through the support staff here, support through your friends and your network, and obviously support by your family. Can I just ask you both to share throughout your experience um, the value of support, um, how that, you know, went for you during the year, um, and as I said, you know, that experience of how it supported you throughout the year to maximise what you have achieved. Alicia, I might ask you to go first. Well, my family was probably my biggest support. They would listen to a lot of my mental breakdowns. Um, like, I feel like I had a bit of a problem where I would sort of not take a break. And they actually, like, forced me to just, like, like take some time for myself, like, go for a walk. Like, my sister would be like, come for a walk with me. Um, and that actually helped me to just like de-stress throughout year 12 and just like keep my mental health at bay. Yeah. Good. Thank you. Bye. Yeah, I was definitely the same. I think I found pretty much anyone around me last year supported me in some way, even if they didn't realise it, they just made some kind of impact. But definitely family and friends were a big part of it. I think... Yeah, my family and friends just kind of reminded me that year 12 wasn't the be all and end all. You know, if I came home and wasn't happy with a sack result or something, you know, they'd sort of kindly tell me to not like freak out about it and just stop complaining. Um, but yeah, I think they, they just sort of assured me that no matter what score I got, that they would be proud of me. And I think that's something that was really important. So. Mm -hmm. So maybe we can go uh, into something a little bit lighter. So what were some of your favourite moments or your favourite moment of Year 12? For me, it would have to be on Year 12 retreat when we, like, wrote the plunkers, which are just kind letters to just anyone. Yeah. <laughs> and when we, were like, got to open them and read them and just, like, seeing all the wholesome like kind just notes it like from people that you're not even necessarily that close with like teachers just everyone and I think it like brought everyone closer together yeah yes um I really liked I guess sort of towards the end of the year when we started doing all the graduation activities you know um the pancake breakfast I think we had a student run pizza lunch dressing up even the mass I think it was just good because Although you could tell people were kind of a bit stressed and stuff with exams coming up, it was nice to know that everyone was sort of there together and in the same boat. So I really enjoyed that period of time. Excellent. Um, and it isn't about the number in any way at all. Um, and we do often say that everybody is, 
you know, bigger than the number. But the reality is that both of you have done amazingly this year. Alicia, when you got your results and you saw that 50 for business management, how was that? Um, I screamed in excitement. <laughs> I actually didn't open like my ATOL, my results, like until three hours after it came out. Wow. Because I was just too like scared to open it. But like when I opened it, I was just ecstatic. Like I was so happy. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. And Bridie, there's two parts. One, when you first realised your results, but two, when you got the phone call from Mrs. Honey. Um, I was like just in disbelief when I got my results. I was sort of pacing around the kitchen before I opened them. I was like, I made all my family sit opposite the bench so I would be the only one who could see it first. And then I put them through the pain of like reading out each individual score and then opening the ATAR. Um, and so everyone was just very excited. I woke both of my siblings up um, in the morning. But when we got the call, from Miss Honey, I think I was in the shower, um, and then she called again later, and I just, I still haven't really, like, it doesn't seem real still, because I just, I don't know, I think I've got a bit of imposter syndrome about it all, it just feels a bit weird, but yeah, it was no. exciting. Good. Not at all. Well, congratulations anyway, I can assure you it is real. <laughs> That's good to know. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so yes, congratulations to both of you. The six years at Siena are finished, and we talk often about walking through the gates of Siena. That's about to happen for you now. What is ahead for you both? I'm going to be doing a Bachelor of Commerce at the University of Melbourne, so I'm hoping to do something in either marketing or economics, but I'm just going to see like how the course goes and where it takes me. Excellent. Bridie? I'll be doing a Bachelor of Biomed at Melbourne Uni as well, and so hopefully after that maybe going into medicine but again I think I'll just kind of take it one year at a time um, but in the meantime you know I'm working as a dental assistant at the moment which has been really cool and I think yeah I'm just looking forward to sort of meeting some new people getting into some new experiences and stuff with uni. So. Mm -hmm. And lots of sleeping? Yes a lot of sleeping. <laughs> Very good. Well, this is an opportunity for me now that you two are officially alumni of the school, alumni, I should say, we will be looking to have a far more extensive alumni tutoring program, which invites recent graduates back to the school to assist girls in the senior years, I guess, in particular, with all the sorts of categories that we've been dealing with today. So. We're, this is a way also of publicising to everyone who might be listening that we're looking for recent graduates to get involved in uh, as alumni in this alumni tutoring program. And certainly we'll be hoping that lots of the students in the senior years will take up these opportunities to talk with the recent finishers with all their skills and memory and know-how uh, of how to get more girls through the year. So we look forward to seeing you then. Congratulations to you both. You've both done amazingly well, but most importantly, you're both lovely people as well. Okay, you've maintained yourself, um, your own identity throughout that as well. So don't lose that as you continue on for everything that the world has um, offers you as you come through. And please stay in touch. We you know how much we know how much you enjoy talking. We're going to get you to come back, no doubt, um, and speak to the whole cohort as well. So congratulations to you both. Thank, Thank you. you.